Fiscal Update is a compilation of brief news articles published by the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency throughout each month. The articles cover actions taken at meetings of state boards and commissions, news releases from state agencies, updates on the status of the state budget, reports on audits of state and local government, and other items of interest to legislators and their constituents. If you would like to receive email notifications when individual Fiscal Update articles are published, please go to www.legis.iowa.gov slash subscribe. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Iowa LSA. To view all charts and graphs coinciding with these reports, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab at the top and then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Under Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and search for a particular report. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 1st, 2016. State Soil Conservation Committee Meeting. Presentations. The State Soil Conservation Committee met on July 28th in Des Moines. The meeting was called to order by Dr. Dale Farnham, committee chairperson, and the following information was presented. Stephen Galens, Practical Farmers of Iowa, talked about cover crop projects that have been completed by farmers. One project varied the time of terminating the cover crop prior to planting the soybean crop. Three farmers terminated a portion of the rye cover crop 10 to 14 days prior to planting soybeans and the other portion was terminated the day before planting soybeans. Although soybean yields did not change dramatically, two farmers reported there was more residue with the late termination which held the soil in place and decreased the amount of weeds. Jamie Benning, Iowa State University or ISU Extension and Outreach provided an update on a study related to the economic value of cover crops. Study data was collected from nine farmers who had been using cover crops since 2009 and data from farms in two random counties. The study concluded that soils with higher organic matter are more productive and the use of cover crops has greater benefit in areas that have high rates of soil erosion. Jamie Benning and Claire Lindell, Conservation Districts of Iowa, or CDI, talked about the Retain initiative that gives farmers a water quality testing kit for testing nitrate levels in their water. The kit includes a booklet that details how to use the kit and testing strips. Committee Discussion The committee discussed and approved the following. Funding of $100,000 from the Soil Conservation Cost Share Fund to pay for a pilot project on the feasibility of conducting a reverse auction when allocating cost share funding. This was enacted by the legislature in House File 2454, Fiscal Year 2017 Agriculture and Natural Resources Appropriations Act. The Yankee Run Watershed in Cedar County as a Priority Watershed, the five-year conservation plan for the Howard Soil and Water Conservation District, and the 2018 budget request for the Division of Soil Conservation, which says program soil conservation account fiscal year 2017 appropriation $2,800,000 2018 budget request $7,500,000 water quality initiative fiscal year 2017 appropriation $9,600,000 fiscal year 2018 budget request $30,000,000 soil conservation cost share fiscal year 2017 appropriation $6,750,000 Fiscal year 2018 budget request $10 million. Urban conservation, fiscal year 2017 appropriation zero. Fiscal year 2018 budget request $1 million. 
Watershed Protection Fund, fiscal year 2017 appropriation, $900,000. Fiscal year 2018 budget request, $2,700,000. Conservation Reserve Enhanced Program, fiscal year 2017 appropriation, $1 million. Fiscal year 2018 budget request, $2,500,000. Conservation Reserve Program, fiscal year 2017 appropriation, $1 million. Fiscal year 2018 budget request, $2 million. Agriculture Drainage Well, Fiscal Year 2017 Appropriation, $1,920,000. Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request, $4,600,000. Farm Demonstration Program, Fiscal Year 2017 Appropriation, $625,000. Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request, $650,000. And Lost Hills, Fiscal Year 2017 Appropriation, $600,000. Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request, $600,000. The total Fiscal Year 2017 Appropriation, $25,195,000. The total Fiscal Year 2018 Budget Request, $61,550,000. The next meeting will be held on August 30th in Des Moines after the conclusion of the Soil and Water Conservation District Annual Conference. The Iowa Farm Progress Show will be held in Boone on the same day and members were encouraged to attend. For additional information about the committee, refer to the committee's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Cozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 1, 2016. Iowa Collaborative Safety Net Provider Network Leadership and Advisory Group Meeting. The Iowa Collaborative Safety Net Provider Network, a legislatively created partnership of Iowa Community Health Centers, free clinics, family planning clinics, and rural health clinics, held a leadership and advisory group meeting on June 10, 2016 at the Greater Des Moines Botanical Garden. Following are the highlights from the meeting. Updates from Safety Net Grantees. John Rossman from SafeNetRx provided an update on the group's prescription drug donation program. The program received over 250,000 out-of-state donations, including several specialty medications for cancer patients. SafeNetRx was awarded $75,000 in contract with pharmacies for the purpose of providing free and low-cost prescriptions for uninsured and underinsured patients. Additionally, SafeNetRx's behavioral Health Medication Voucher Program was able to provide 30-day supplies of behavioral health medications for patients being seen at federally qualified health centers. The organization plans to meet with Department of Human Services or DHS Director Charles Palmer to discuss more options for prescription drug assistance. Free Clinics of Iowa noted that one of the organization's largest funding sources is state funding through the Safety Net Provider Network. The majority of free clinics operate on an annual budget of $2,000 to $5,000, and there is a network of 1,200 volunteers across the state. Free Clinics of Iowa has recently migrated to an electronic records system to house patient files and data. Iowa CASA has been able to train 130 volunteers and deploy 100 of those volunteers in rural areas where there had previously been little to no coverage. Iowa CASA hired a statewide coordinator to organize regional meetings and serve as a liaison between the organization and hospitals providing intake and treatment services for victims. Behavioral Health Integration 
the Behavioral Health Association is planning for a summit to take place on September 22, 2016. The event will focus on economic and clinical perspectives surrounding behavioral health treatment and outcomes. Grantees will be asked to focus on a short-term barrier to service delivery that can be addressed within a six-month to one-year time frame. State Innovation Model The Department of Human Services provided an update regarding the state innovation model and the $43.1 million federal grant being awarded over a four-year period. Iowa is one of several states receiving the State Innovation Model Testing Grant. The State Innovation Model Initiative seeks ways to improve health system quality and lower costs. The next meeting is scheduled for September 9, 2016 at the Des Moines Botanical Garden. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 1, 2016. Grandview University Student Financial Planning. Presentation to Legislative Staff. A group of legislative education staffers met recently with Grandview University staff to learn about the new program the university is implementing to reduce student debt through financial education. The program is called GV Complete and consists of two parts. Yearly financial counseling during which students receive a printout with estimated costs for each year at the college and how those costs will be covered, student aid and grants, student loans, and individual family out of pocket. Students participating in the program are guaranteed a fixed tuition increase rate of 2% annually for the four years they are enrolled and integrated academic advising to ensure that students are able to graduate in four years. The financial counseling session includes a worksheet that the student completes, setting a budget for their transportation, clothing, medical care, personal costs, and entertainment expenses. The advising staff provides students with the cost of various options for room and board and an estimate of their earnings based on the number of hours the student plans to work. This allows students to make an informed decision about the full cost of their education and how to reduce their borrowing. Effectiveness. Grandview University began the program in the spring of 2014 as an opt-in for their incoming first-year students. Approximately half of the class chose to participate. With the pilot group, the university saw a 9% increase in retention between the fall and spring semesters and a 17% increase from fall of 2014 to the fall of 2015 over the non-participating students. In spring 2015, the program was changed to require incoming first-year students to opt out if they did not want to participate. The majority of the class participated. For this class, the staff found a 3% higher retention rate than the non-participating students. The university estimates that the first cohort of students will have an average of $29,586 in debt upon graduation in 2019, and the second class will have an average of $29,230 in 2020. In comparison, the graduating class of 2014 had an average of $38,160 in debt. To achieve this change, students in the GV Complete program took an average of $560 in loans in excess of billable costs, while students not participating in the GV Complete program took an average of $1,262 in excess of billable costs. Implementation costs. In order to implement this program, Grandview University incurred additional costs related to database and spreadsheet creation. 
Additional staff were also needed to supply the one-on-one -on -one counseling time for students. Detailed information, the slide presentation, and a sample of the financial planning documents are available on the General Assembly website. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249 and Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 4, 2016. State Appeal Board Meeting, August 2016. The State Appeal Board met on August 1, 2016 in Des Moines. The Board took the following action approved approximately $68,000 in general claims filed under Iowa Code Chapter 25 and denied one claim totaling $50. Eleven general claims were withdrawn. Approved five tort claims under Iowa Code Chapter 669 for approximately $14,000. The board denied tort claims totaling approximately $358,000. Settlements. The State Appeal Board approved one settlement a payment of $950,000 to cover settlement funds of a 2011 wrongful death suit filed against the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics, or UIHC. The claimant alleged that the hospital staff was medically negligent in diagnosing a patient's stroke and subsequent treatment program, ultimately causing death. UIHC will be responsible for $500,000 of the total cost and at the August meeting, the State Appeal Board voted unanimously to pay the remaining $450,000 using funds from the State General Fund. And the next regular meeting of the State Appeal Board is scheduled for September 6, 2016 in Des Moines. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Christine Meckler and Laura Book, Legislative Analysts with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Christine can be reached at 515-281-6561 and Laura can be reached at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 9, 2016. Children's Mental Health and Well-Being Work Group. The Children's Mental Health and Well-Being Work Group met on August 4, 2016 at the Iowa State Capitol, Ronald Reagan Room. Wendy Rickman, Department of Human Services, or DHS, explained the upcoming request for proposals, or RFP, process for the Children's Mental Health and Well-Being Learning Labs. The official request will be issued by September 1, 2016, and responses will be due by early October. Successful applicants will begin coordinating learning labs in November. The workgroup's legislative report is to be published by December 15, 2016. Background. In 2015, Senate File 505 directed the Department of Human Services, in collaboration with the Departments of Education and Public Health, to develop a children's mental health and well-being workgroup. The workgroup submitted a report to the General Assembly in December 2015 that included recommendations for a phased approach to defining, testing, and implementing the Children's Well-Being Subcommittee's multi-year strategy. The first phase includes the design and implementation of a formal learning network of three learning labs. Minimum requirements for qualified bidders, agencies and relevant organizations responding to the Children's Mental Health and Well-Being Learning Lab, RFP, 
must have an established collaborative effort in place that addresses cross-system barriers for children with complex needs and must be able to successfully demonstrate experience with system delivery that promotes overall child well-being. Contracts. The DHS expects to execute up to three contracts. Each contract will cover a maximum 12-month period and shall not exceed $30,000. At a minimum, one contract will be for service provision in a rural area. Feedback. At the end of the discussion of the RFP process, the DHS requested that input and suggestions for changes be submitted to the DHS by August 11, 2016 by 5 p.m. The Children's Mental Health and Wellbeing Work Group's next meeting will be held on Wednesday, September 1, 2016 at 9 a.m. in the Ronald Reagan Room. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 11, 2016. State Bond Refinancing. Iowa Jobs Bonds. The state has refinanced a portion of the Iowa Jobs or iJobs bonds. The bonds originally were sold to provide funding for state and local infrastructure projects. On June 21, 2016, the State Treasurer's Office issued a refinancing transaction for $265 million in bonds at 1.7%. This lowered the state's interest rate by more than 2%. The total amount estimated to be saved from refinancing is $36.5 million. 2010 Prison Bonds The state has refinanced the 2010 prison bonds that were sold to build the Iowa State Penitentiary at Fort Madison. On June 28, 2016, the State Treasurer's Office issued a refinancing transaction for $80 million in bonds. This lowered the state's interest rate by approximately 2%. The total amount estimated to be saved from refinancing is $9.3 million. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 11, 2016. Customer Council Meeting. The Customer Council Meeting was held on Wednesday, July 27, 2016. According to action reported by the Department of Administrative Services, or DAS, the following rate changes were proposed and adopted by the Council. Action taken on the previously approved fiscal year 2017 rates. Reduce the fiscal year 2017 rate for capital complex association fees from $6.36 per square foot to $5.75 per square foot. The DAS is aware of customer agency budget constraints and the needs to provide routine maintenance on the capital complex and at the Iowa Labs facility in Ankeny. So a more gradual rate increase has been proposed and adopted for fiscal year 2017 through fiscal year 2019. Reduce the fiscal year 2017 rate for the Iowa Labs facility fees from $6.36 per square foot to $5.75 per square foot. The DAS is aware of customer agency budget constraints and the need to provide routine maintenance on the capital complex and at the Iowa Labs facility in Ankeny, so a more gradual rate increase has been proposed and adopted for fiscal year 2017 through fiscal year 2019. Reduce the fiscal year 2017 rate for vehicle self-insurance slash risk management from $327.41 per vehicle to $284.76 per vehicle per year. 
the vehicle insurance rates were static from fiscal year 2016 to fiscal year 2017, allowing for a rate reduction for fiscal year 2017. Reduce the fiscal year 2017 rate for the blanket bond from $0.81 cents per filled FTE position to $0.80 cents per filled FTE position per year. This reflects the current rate charged by the third-party vendor. Action taken on proposed rate increases for fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019. Increase the fiscal year 2018 rate for Capital Complex Association fees and the Iowa Labs Association fees from $5.75 per square foot to $6 per square foot. Increase the fiscal year 2019 rate for Capital Complex Association fees and the Iowa Labs Association fees from $6 per square foot to $6.25 per square foot and increase the fiscal year 2018 personnel officer's rate from $85.34 per filled FTE position to $89.87 per filled FTE position to pay for an additional investigator in the Human Resources Enterprise, or HRE. The cost for an additional FTE position has been absorbed within the current operating budget of the DAS for fiscal year 2016 and fiscal year 2017. However, the DAS cannot sustain the additional expense for fiscal year 2018. As a result, the DAS proposed and the Council adopted the increased rate. Additional information, the following link is to the 2016 Iowa DAS Utility Services Business Plan and Agency Impact Statements. The business plan provides brief descriptions of all DAS utility services and methodologies that were reviewed and approved by the Customer Council. Additional information is also available on the DAS website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 11, 2016. University of Northern Iowa, Reducing Student Indebtedness. Presentation to Legislative Staff. At the invitation of the University of Northern Iowa, a group of legislative staffers visited the campus on August 9, 2016 to learn about a variety of programs and initiatives. Jim Walpart, interim president, welcomed the visitors to the campus and led a presentation to the UNI's efforts to increase student retention, improve on-time completion rates, and help students reduce their indebtedness. Live like a student. The attendees received packets of materials that are given to first-year students as part of the Live Like a Student initiative to encourage responsible budgeting and borrowing. The initiative includes a three-week course that consists of six 50-minute non-credit classes that cover personal budgeting, use of credit and credit cards, student loans, and identity protection. The courses are not required but are offered at a variety of times throughout the semester to make them accessible to as many students as possible. Students can also obtain personalized budgeting assistance and other one-on-one -on -one money management counseling services. First Year Initiatives Kristen Michael Woods, Director of Student Success and Retention, and Deidre Butcher Heistad, Director of Undergraduate Studies, discussed the UNI's initiatives aimed at retention of first-year students. Some initiatives that have been in place since fiscal year 2012 and fiscal year 2013 include First Year Cornerstone, a year-long general education course that satisfies both the writing and oral communication requirements within the UNI's liberal arts core. The class enrollments are small and students remain with the same professor and peer mentor 
throughout their first year. First year only, or FYO, liberal arts core courses offer students the opportunity to take at least several FYO courses in their freshman year. Transfer students and students entering UNI with significant credits from high school dual enrollment are required to take at least one FYO course in their first year. Course Embedded Peer Mentoring Program that puts peer mentors into required general education classes to provide assistance and guidance to first-year students. And the MapWorks system that surveys students about their transition to college to identify specific issues of concern. More recent initiatives include transfer-only peer monitoring and extended orientation called UNI Now, success coaching for students identified as at risk of not completing their first year, and supportive seminars in the first-year humanities courses that have been identified as the most difficult first-year courses. Retention success. The four-year graduation rate for first-year cornerstone participants is 5% higher than a comparison group. Students participating in the FYO courses are retained at a rate 6% to 8% higher than other first-year students and had significantly higher perceived communication skills, skills that significantly predicted first-year retention. Lowering student debt, Joyce Morrow, Director of Financial Aid and Scholarships, and Tim Bakula, Associate Director of Financial Aid, presented information on the Office of Financial Aid and a variety of statistics related to student indebtedness and default rates. In addition to the Live Like a Student and FYO initiatives, Ms. Morrow and Mr. Bakula highlighted several other financial literacy initiatives, including the use of outreach and marketing tools to connect with students, parent orientation sessions, and three new initiatives. Adulting seminars to help prepare students for financial life after college, financial peer coaches specially trained to provide financial coaching to fellow students, Transfer Success Counseling, a 30-minute session with a financial aid counselor required for all new transfer students within their first two months at UNI. Ms. Morrow and Mr. Bakula also discussed efforts to provide counseling to students in regard to the use of private loans. The counseling has been identified as the most significant contributing factor to lowering student debt. Presentation materials, the presentations on the first year only initiatives and the financial aid initiatives are available on the Iowa General Assembly website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, August 12, 2016. State Board of Education, August meeting. The State Board of Education met on August 4, 2016. The Board adopted the previously discussed College and Career Readiness Definition, approved accreditation for the Northwest Iowa Community College and Iowa Wesleyan University's Educator Preparation Program, and heard updates on the Early Literacy Program Implementation and the Iowa Reading Research Center. The Board also addressed the following. Science cut scores for students with disabilities. The Department of Education has been exploring the best way to assess students with severe learning disabilities in academic areas, including science. In the 2015-2016 school year, an alternate assessment was successfully piloted with 816 students that addressed the Iowa core essential elements in science. The results of these assessments will be included within schools' current accountability system. 
Looking forward, the Department of Education will be working on how to best provide score reports, support for instruction based on these assessments, and Every Student Succeeds Act, ESSA, integration. The role of the board in appeals of open enrollment due to bullying and harassment. The Board of Education heard information regarding concerns surrounding the board's role in appeals of open enrollment due to bullying and harassment. While the board has wide latitude to review appeals, they only have the authority to overturn local school board decisions in the case of definitively incorrect decisions. The board is considering partnering with Iowa Association of School Boards, or IASB, to provide training to local school boards on how to make these kinds of decisions. A subgroup of the Board of Education will meet this month with experts from around the state to generate further suggestions on the process of open enrollment due to bullying and harassment. These suggestions may include information on mandatory reporting at the school level, processes to put in place, and definitions of pertinent terms, as well as creating a plan of action for schools that have students wanting to open enroll due to this issue after the March 1st deadline. State Board Policy Priorities The Board chose not to revise the majority of their priorities for the 2016-2017 year, citing a continued need to focus on their previously established priorities. They did choose to update their goal on competency-based education to explicitly include reference to partnerships with community colleges. The Career and Technical Education Redesign The Board discussed the program approval process, programmatic offering, and teaching requirements, and the affiliation structure between area education agencies, or AEAs, partnerships, and local schools. For this process, the AEAs will convene partnerships, partnerships will design programs, and schools will implement those programs. Rules surrounding this topic are being developed and will be submitted to the State Board for approval in November. New Statewide Assessment Rollout The Smarter Balanced Assessment Rollout is delayed to the 2017-2018 school year. In August, the Department of Education will ask the AEAs to request support in program implementation and the provision of professional learning on the Assessment Systems Digital Library, Score, Report, Interpretation, and training trainers across the state. The timeline the department would like to follow follows. Fall 2016 online modules available, winter 2016 to 2017, face-to-face training with trainers across the state. Spring 2017, trainers go into districts to provide initial training to teachers. To complete these goals, the Department of Education will be retasking the Comprehensive Balanced Assessment Committee, which is made up of 25 members from AEAs, school districts, and local communities into the statewide assessment advisory group. There will also be a technical assistance committee which will be recruited over the course of the next year. At this time, the department estimates the cost of the Smarter Balanced Assessments will be $20 to $24 per student. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 11, 2016. Audit, University of Northern Iowa. Audit Report, the Office of the Auditor of State submitted its annual audit for the University of Northern Iowa, or UNI, for fiscal year 2015. 
the auditors did not report any findings or recommendations for improvement related to internal control, compliance with statutory requirements, or other matters. Average cost per student. The report includes a calculation of the UNI's average cost per student for fiscal year 2015 at $14,960. The calculation is based on net disbursements for teaching programs totaling $146,088,000 divided by the full-time equivalent enrollment for the year of 9765 The following is from the report showing the average cost per student for the past five years. Fiscal year 2015, enrollment 9765 cost per student $14,960. Fiscal year 2014, enrollment 10024 cost per student $14,471. Fiscal year 2013, enrollment 10425 cost per student $13,203. Fiscal year 2012, enrollment 11379 cost per student $11,666, and fiscal year 2011, enrollment 11431 cost per student $11,408. The report is also available on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 12, 2016. Audit Report, Department for the Blind. Audit Report Released. The State Auditor's Office recently released the Annual Audit Report of the Department for the Blind for Fiscal Year 2015 finding and recommendation. The auditor's office had one finding and made one recommendation to prevent improper practices. Finding Iowa Code Chapter 73.16 requires the director of each state agency that has purchasing authority in cooperation with the targeted small business or TSB marketing and compliance manager of the Iowa Economic Development Authority or IEDA to establish a procurement goal for certified targeted small businesses each fiscal year. The procurement goal must include the procurement of goods and services including construction but excluding utility services. The goal must be stated in terms of a dollar amount and at a level exceeding the procurement levels from certified targeted small businesses during the previous fiscal year. Recommendation. The department should establish a dollar amount procurement level exceeding the previous fiscal year certified targeted small businesses procurement level as required. Agency response. In the future, the department will establish a procurement goal that exceeds the procurement level from certified targeted small businesses during the previous fiscal year. Additional information. The complete audit report is available on the state auditor's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Tim Crellin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 16, 2016. Iowa Public Television, or IPTV, Board, August Meeting. The Iowa Public Television IPTV Broadcast Board met on August 9, 2016 in Johnston. The following topics were discussed. 
Budget request. The board reviewed and approved IPTV's fiscal year 2018-2019 budget request. The request has three parts that total $1,524,798 for fiscal year 2018. The request also includes funding for infrastructure for fiscal year 2019. Resumption of 24-hour broadcast schedule, $147,500. Currently, IPTV on-air programming is not available between the hours of midnight and 5 a.m. and has not been since 2010. The agency seeks to provide programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to give viewers more access to IPTV shows and to provide support to the National Emergency Alert System, which IPTV currently cannot use between midnight and 5 a.m. Resumption of 24-hour service could also support the launch of the new Public Broadcasting System, or PBS, 24-7 Kids Channel, which is scheduled for January 2017. New content team in Division of Programming and Production, $370,098. IPTV requests funds to create a new content team to create programming that addresses the needs of underserved communities and the growing demand for content from its audiences. The content team would include four new FTE positions, one senior producer-director, two producer-directors, and one production technician. Capital request, $1 million $7,200. Modern broadcasting equipment has a shorter lifespan than archaic equipment and needs to be replaced more frequently. In addition to the fiscal year 2018 request, IPTV also requests $1,229,500 for capital equipment for fiscal year 2019. Presentation from the CEO President of PBS. Paula Kerger, Chief Executive Officer and President of PBS, was IPTV's special guest for the meeting. She announced the creation of the annual PBS Station Leadership Award. The first recipient of the new award is Dan Miller, former Executive Director and General Manager of Iowa Public Television. The PBS Station Leadership Award, quote, recognizes Mr. Miller's outstanding contributions to public media, as well as the critical importance of leadership at the local level as well as to the system as a whole, end quote. New Education Program Director IPTV recently hired Ken Harrison as its new Education Program Director. IPTV received a grant from the Ann Ray Charitable Trust. Iowa was one of five states chosen. IPTV aims to do the following with the grant. Provide programming for older children, hire an educator for consultation, and focus on rural areas and children from economically disadvantaged communities and homes. Other highlights. Other highlights of the meeting included an employee received a 10-year service award, the board elected officers and lay representation to PBS and APTS, America's public television stations. Staff presented IPTV's Iowa State Fair coverage plan, promotion plan, and exhibit plan. The next meeting of the board will be October 11, 2016 in Johnston at 10 a.m. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561 and Tim Crellin, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 16, 2016. Iowa Law Enforcement Academy Council Meeting. The Iowa Law Enforcement Academy, or ILEA, Council met at Camp Dodge on April 4, 2016. The meeting was called to order by Chairperson Brian Gardner, Lynn County Sheriff. The minutes from the last meeting were approved. Waivers. The Council granted waivers relating to individuals 
with the Pottawatomie County Sheriff's Office and the Merrill Police Department. Less lethal electronic devices. Assistant Director Kim Wadding discussed the fact that the ILEA does not currently have a master taser instructor on staff and has been relying on Taser International to provide instructors. However, that will be changing in the next month as an individual on staff will be certified as master and will be able to certify other instructors. Medical training partnership with the National Guard. There are 21 National Guard medical simulation training centers worldwide with one of these at Camp Dodge. These include high fidelity mannequins that provide realistic training conditions, Additionally, lighting, smoke, and sound can be activated in the center to simulate real-world situations. The ILEA will be utilizing this training with the National Guard beginning with the next basic classes. The Guard is also opening up the training center to law enforcement departments within the state. Director Report Director Judy Bradshaw reported on several items. The 270th and 271st basic classes will have approximately 40 students in each class. General Tim Orr will be present at the October 6, 2016 ILEA Council meeting to discuss the possibility of shared facilities. Director Bradshaw has been meeting with several different agencies including the Governor's Office, Department of Management, Homeland Security and Emergency Management Department, Department of Natural Resources, Department of Public Safety, and Department of Administrative Services to discuss issues with the ILEA building. A needs assessment meeting will be held prior to making a draft report available in December. The air quality was tested during the last week of July and the mold levels have decreased from 300 to 100. The level of 100 was considered acceptable at this point. Ceiling tiles at various points in the building have been removed to help with the flow of air. All of the dorm rooms have been cleaned as well as the closets to remove mold. At this time there is no need to relocate any of the academy students. The next air quality test will be in December and it is hoped that lower humidity levels at that time of year will help with the test results. Staff continues to work on the changes needed to ILEA Administrative Rule 501.2.1 after the passage of House File 2267, which allows cities to eliminate state residency requirements for civil service employees. ILEA rules require Iowa police officers to have an Iowa driver's license. The rule changes will also impact reserve officers. A consultant has been hired to conduct a curriculum review and the consultant's contract is being refined. Requests of law enforcement associations to contribute funding for this effort have been made. The ILEA will be spending $5,000 toward this effort. There are several excellent candidates for an open public service executive one position. It has been difficult to fill a psychologist two position due to a current requirement for a doctorate degree or PhD and a lower pay range that does not support this requirement. Director Bradshaw will be exploring the option of contracting out for this position. The interview process will begin in August for a law enforcement instructor position for human trafficking and domestic abuse. The next council meeting will be October 6, 2016 at the ILEA building at Camp Dodge. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk Weisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, August 16, 2016. Audit, Iowa Braille and Sight Saving School. 
audit report. The Office of the Auditor of State released a report on the Iowa Braille and Sight Saving School, or IBSSS, in Vinton, Iowa for fiscal year 2015. The school is one of two special schools governed by the Board of Regents and serving elementary and secondary students. The other is the Iowa School for the Deaf, or ISD. Finding Segregation of Duties. The report cites the following areas where segregation of duties was inadequate. General accounting, general ledger, and journal entry functions are not segregated from those for recording and accounting assets, investments, accounts receivables, accounts payable, and purchasing. Petty cash fund responsibilities are not segregated from those for approving reimbursement vouchers and monitoring the frequency of petty cash replenishments. Disimbursement preparation is not segregated from recording cash disbursements. Journal entry preparation and entry are not segregated from the entry review process. Journal entries were not consistently reviewed throughout the year. And bank Reconciliation responsibilities are not segregated from the handling of incoming mail receipts, outgoing check payments, and entering journal entries. The school has addressed or is in the process of addressing the concerns and has arranged for the Iowa School for the Deaf to perform some review tasks to improve segregation of duties. The response was accepted by the auditors. Finding. Financial reporting. The report found that the school did not submit required financial reports to the Board of Regents and the Department of Management on a timely basis. The school has indicated that the problem has been addressed and the auditors accepted the response. The full report is available on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 18, 2016. Audit, Iowa State University. Audit Report. The Office of the Auditor of State has issued a report on the Iowa State University, or ISU, for fiscal year 2015. Findings related to internal control. The audit report included two findings related to internal control. Financial reporting, a material amount of direct lending receipts and payments were misclassified in the statement of cash flows. Subsequent changes were made to properly classify the amounts in the financial statements. The university has indicated that written procedures have been updated to address the problem. And department cash. Auditors noted several departments with variances in petty cash which had not been resolved. Auditors also noted that not all departments are reconciling petty cash on a monthly basis as recommended by university policy and an independent person is not reviewing the petty cash reconciliation. The university plans to expand and clarify its petty cash procedures to ensure that recommendations for reconciliation and independent review are addressed. The university's responses were accepted by the auditors. Findings related to statutory requirements and other matters. Theft from Memorial Union Market and Cafe. On March 25, 2016, the manager of the Memorial Union Market and Cafe was notified by the assistant manager that voided cash transactions had been processed before the market opened. Typically, there would be a transaction such as a purchase followed by an authorized void for a refund or to adjust an incorrect price. The manager began an internal investigation and identified additional cash voids processed in March 2016. The cash voids were all processed by one particular assistant manager before the market opened, allowing the person to remove cash from the cash drawer for the voided amount. The assistant manager was placed on leave on April 14, 2016. 
The manager continued reviewing voids processed by the assistant manager back to January 1, 2011, identifying cash voids totaling $4,879. The majority of the voids occurred while the market was closed, although several occurred while the market was open. No transactions preceded the voids. The assistant manager began employment at the market in 1999. Based on the findings of the internal investigation, the assistant manager was terminated and charged by university police with ongoing criminal conduct, third-degree theft, and fifth-degree theft on July 5, 2016. The ongoing criminal conduct charge was later dismissed. The assistant manager received a deferred judgment was assessed a fine, and a restitution hearing has been set for a later date. No further investigation was considered necessary. Average cost per student. The report includes a calculation of ISU's average cost per student for fiscal year 2015 at $13,453. The calculation is based on net disbursements for teaching programs totaling $462,303,524 divided by the full-time equivalent enrollment of 34364 for the year. The following table from the report shows the average cost per student for the past five years. Fiscal year 2015, enrollment 34364 cost per student $13,453. Fiscal year 2014, enrollment 33171 cost per student $12,585. Fiscal year 2013, enrollment 31,119, cost per student $12,661. Fiscal year 2012, enrollment 29,775, cost per student $12,629. And fiscal year 2011, enrollment 28,631, cost per student $12,264. The report is available on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 18, 2016. Audit, Iowa School for the Deaf. Audit Report, the Office of the Auditor of State has released a report on the Iowa School for the Deaf, or ISD, in Council Bluffs for fiscal year 2015. The auditors did not report any findings or recommendations for improvement related to internal control, compliance with statutory requirements, or other matters. Average cost per student. The report includes the average cost per student at ISD for the past five years. The calculation excluded costs for construction or storm damage repairs. Included in the calculation were expenditures for outreach services. No outreach services were provided to any off-campus students in fiscal year 2013, fiscal year 2014, or fiscal year 2015. However, such services were provided to 31 off-campus students in fiscal year 2011 and 27 in fiscal year 2012. Average cost per student, Iowa School for the Deaf. Fiscal year 2015, enrollment 111. Cost per student, $93,825. Fiscal year 2014, enrollment 107. Cost per student, $95,795. Fiscal year 2013, enrollment 106. Cost per student, $94,498. Fiscal year 2012, enrollment 101. Cost per student, $94,529. And fiscal year 2011, enrollment 108. Cost per student, $99,970. The report is available on the Auditor of State's website. 
The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 19, 2016. Iowa Telecommunications and Technology Commission Meeting. The Iowa Telecommunications and Technology Commission, or ITTC, meeting was held on August 17, 2016. The commission heard updates from Director Rick Lombard on FirstNet, the ICN core upgrade to 200 gigabytes, and the state's cybersecurity strategy. The commission also discussed the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, spending limitation adjustment. Each year, the ICN adjusts the contract limit cap for construction projects based on the most recent published CPI. This year, the increase was approximately $23,000 for a total of $2,317,698.80. The ICN announced at the September meeting that there will be discussion of the video rates. Video users are currently being encouraged to migrate to the new IP platform. The MPEG video is being cycled out of the network and will sunset by June 30, 2018. The proposed rate for IP would be a flat rate of $116.25 per month. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 23, 2016, Medical Assistance Advisory Council Meeting. The Medical Assistance Advisory Council, or MAAC, met on Wednesday, August 17, 2016, at the State Capitol. Agenda. The Council approved the minutes from the previous meeting and reviewed the Executive Committee report. The Council presented a legislative update and agreed to further clarify the roles of the Council Chair and Co-Chair. A brief explanation of the voting process for the upcoming MAAC elections was offered. Mickey Steyer, Iowa Medicaid Director, and the legislative liaisons for each Medicaid-managed care company provided an update before a report from Kelly Todd, Program Manager for the State Long-Term Care Ombudsman. Concerns from the public included the variety of data regarding prior authorizations and whether recently paid reimbursement amounts were accurate according to the provider rates that are currently in effect. Listening Sessions The Iowa Health Link Listening Sessions for Public Comment will continue through December 7, 2016. The next listening session is scheduled for August 23, 2016 in Fort Dodge at the Fort Dodge Public Library. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 31, 2016, Iowa FirstNet Public-Private Partnership Summit. Iowa FirstNet held a public-private partnership summit in Des Moines on August 25, 2016 to disseminate information and take questions from those attending. FirstNet is a proposed nationwide broadband network just for public safety users. The discussion panel consisted of Rick Lombard, Executive Director of the Iowa Communications Network, or ICN, Bob Vaughn Wolfrad, Iowa Chief Information Officer, or OCIO, Sergeant Thomas Lampe, Department of Public Safety, or DPS, Dave Duncan, CEO, Iowa Communications Alliance, Ryan Boone, Regulatory Manager, Premier Communications Incorporated, and Ray Warner, Manager, Ariane Technology. First net update, request for proposals, or RFP, 
to select a private partner for the deployment of FirstNet were due on May 31, 2016. The evaluation of those RFPs is currently being conducted and an award and contract should be in place by the end of 2016. Current status in Iowa. The Iowa Statewide Interoperable Communications System Board, or ISICSB, formed an opt-in, opt-out task force. The report authored by this task force was shared at the summit. Some points of that report include, many states will enter non-opt or opt-in. States not choosing an option or non-opt allow FirstNet to proceed. Governors may choose to opt-out. Opt-out states are required to build their own networks. Rick Lombard stated that there would be situations where opting out for Iowa would ultimately be recommended if the plan offered for Iowa is not suitable. If that were to happen, a public-private partnership would need to be developed, and there would be many federal requirements to meet. The decision for opting in or opting out will be made after FirstNet delivers the final state plan to the governor. Iowa has surveyed 157 agencies and developed a comprehensive data base of assets within the state. Work is currently occurring with the tribal areas within the state to survey needs. Also, a new endeavor by the ISICSB will be metro engagements. These will be city area discussions to update on FirstNet progress, implementation schedules, and timelines. Additionally, a programmatic environmental impact statement is being developed for the five regional areas of the United States. A public meeting will be held at the Hyatt Place, Des Moines, downtown on September 7, 2016 from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. to obtain information and provide public comments. Prime Vendor. Once the RFP evaluation is over, the Prime Vendor contract will be awarded. The state plan for Iowa would then come from that vendor. The consensus of this panel is that Iowa is still well positioned to be one of the first states receiving a state plan as Iowa has participated from very early in the process. Additional information regarding FirstNet is available on the Iowa Statewide Interoperable Communications Network Board or ISICSB website and at the First Responder Network Authority FirstNet website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk-Wisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, August 31, 2016, ESSA Education Stakeholder Meeting. The first meeting of Every Student Succeeds Act, ESSA Education Stakeholder Group, was held by the Department of Education on August 18, 2016. The goal of the meeting was to inform participants about the progress of the creation of the ESSA plan, which must be submitted to the U.S. Department of Education by the March or July deadline. The meeting also served to bring many interested parties together and to make a brief overview of the scope and scale of the changes being brought on by the ESSA. The stakeholders invited by the Department of Education represented various education organizations across the state, including Iowa State Educators Association, or ISEA, Professional Educators of Iowa, or PEI, School Administrators of Iowa, or SAI, Iowa Association of School Boards, or IASB, Parent Teacher Association, or PTA, Urban Educators Network, or UEN, Rural School Advocates of Iowa, or RSAI, 
Area Education Agencies, or AEAs, non-public schools, and the State Board of Education. There were also members from the Democratic Caucus staff and representatives from other student-focused organizations, including Iowa's Talented and Gifted Association and a Fine Arts Collection. Discussion. The meeting began with an overview of the ESSA, including the history of national education legislation dating back to the Civil Rights era of the 1960s and the shift from No Child Left Behind, or NCLB, to Race to the Top to what is now Every Student Succeeds. The primary shift with ESSA is around accountability. States must determine their own accountability model that is based on measures of student achievement and many include measures of student engagement, access to advanced coursework, school climate, and safety. ESSA no longer references a year's progress, or AYP, turnaround models, highly qualified teachers, and a number of other provisions from NCLB. Within the Department of Education, eight groups are responsible for leading the process of creating the Iowa ESSA framework. These are Standards and Assessment Group, Policy and Communication Group, Finance Group, Accountability Group, School Intervention Group, very closely linked to Accountability Group, Educator Quality Group, Legal Foundations Group, and Early Childhood Group. The department received suggestions from the stakeholders about their initial key principles and guiding assumptions that will form the underpinnings of creating the statewide plan. The next meeting of the ESSA Education Stakeholder Group will be Wednesday, October 19, 2016. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-275-2249.